Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, I would like to present to you the World Champion of the World Podcast. It's your man, Qualified, a.k.a. the Black Ric Flair, a.k.a. the Black American Dream, a.k.a. the most over mid-card talent on the west side of Oahu. Ladies and gentlemen, 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 gentlemen. It's me. It's me. I, I just told you. Um, we're back. We're, we're here with another episode. Um, this week, we're going to be talking uh, about how the sky is falling in WWE. The sky is falling. Um, of course, that's a major over-exaggeration, but uh, there's definitely something going on. Um, John Moxley's uh rounds on the podcast circuit have been um making waves and other talent now more and more stories are coming out where more and more talent are having some of the same frustrations that uh john moxley jonathan good dean ambrose whatever you want to call him um but we should probably go with jonathan moxley or john moxley because that's what's happening these days. Uh, But more and more talent are kind of expressing the same sentiments that he had, uh, feeling kind of held back by creative, uh, kind of hamstrung by the scripted promos. Um, Just like uh, it's, I don't know, I guess it's uh, just a uh, a lot of things going on uh, that have people unhappy. Um, a lot of superstars are requesting their release. Um, the rumor going around, uh, Dave Meltzer, uh, and if you want to believe him, uh, and the observer, uh, the rumor going around is that, uh, at least, uh, there's more than 10, at least 10, but sounds like more than 10 current superstars who are uh, upset with uh, their current standing in WWE and uh, with the way that creative is going and they would like to uh, remove themselves uh, from the situation. So um, we're going to do a little bit of speculation on who some of these talents may be. Uh, there's some obvious, uh, obvious ones here. Like we already know about Sasha Banks. Uh, I would imagine that the revival, uh, is, is on the short list of, of talents who would like to leave WWE, especially with how, uh, AEW is going to have the emphasis on tag team wrestling, um, with one of the greatest tag teams of all times, the Young Bucks, uh, operating as executives in AEW, you would imagine that uh, tag team wrestling is going to be something that is uh, taken seriously in that company. Um, Rusev and Lana seem to be like if you you hardly ever see them on TV. Uh, If you look at Lana and her social media, uh, she's been like, I don't know what what the hell is going on. Uh, Like, uh, Fashion Nova, 
stuff. Uh, it looked like she was doing some kind of makeup tutorial, get ready with me type deal. And uh, that, I mean, you know, that's cool. Um, but I don't really see people like Becky Lynch doing that or Carmella. And not saying that, uh, you know, Lana is, is uh, like... You know, not saying that it's a, a negative thing uh, that she's doing that, but just saying that that type uh, that type of marketing or her doing that just doesn't really scream to me as someone who is uh, happy with their current standing in the company. Um, and uh, maybe she's looking for another way to get to that bag uh, and keep her relevance up after this contract runs out. Um, I'm not saying that she's done with the business, uh, but who knows? And uh, Rusev is very talented. Uh, Rusev has great comedic timing. He could be, he could, like, at the very least, like, if they didn't want to, if they don't want to make him a serious contender, if they don't want to, uh, or anything like that, they could just have him on TV as somebody who's funny and can wrestle. Uh, like a more dangerous Santino, uh, or, or something, but I mean, I would have met, but you know, they could have pitched that to him and he was like, no man, I want to be, uh, I want to be serious. But I mean, either way, like they're, they're not doing anything with Rusev. Uh, if Rusev was to make a jump to AEW, I could see him settling into the upper card or, you know, upper mid card quite nicely especially once they get television um and and we can kind of flesh things out and see what's going on uh once AEW uh actually gets like some mid-card titles maybe or a mid-card title uh it se- it sounds like they don't want to clutter the title scene too much uh have the top title uh I'm guessing a women's title obviously they're gonna have to have tag titles and I'm thinking maybe a mid-card belt, and then that's it. Um, personally, uh, if you guys remember, uh, when I was booking WCOTW as a territory, um, I wanted to have a uh, a mid-card title um, along with a women's title and tag titles. Um but you, you, I agree with not having the, having it too cluttered with so many belts because then it's just like, what is this? Why, what does this mean? But I could see like a, I wouldn't be mad at a, I think because I also was talking about having a television title. Uh, television title is like a, if you got like young up and comers that you're trying to spotlight, but you don't really want to put that mid card like the, because I feel like the mid card title would be something that somebody at the upper mid card who's right on the cusp of moving to the main event scene uh kind of think like the old intercontinental championship back in the day uh i would i would that's that's what i would do with my mid card title uh and then the television title is kind of like the all right we think this this guy might be a guy so let's put this belt on him and i would have the television title uh, defended every week, so that way you could have 
like uh like if i were aew and i was gonna have a television title and defend it every week i'd put that belt on mjf uh so that way i could get him on every week to cut a promo have a match um and do that for a few months just really establish his character uh get him over and then eventually have him drop the title to an up-and-coming baby face uh but then you could have him get his heat back the next night and then put him in to contention with uh for the mid-card title and just kind of start pushing him up the card and then the guy who beat him uh gets the rub of beating the guy who's been the champ for the last five or six months you know uh i kind of went off on a tangent but that's what that's what i would do booking wrestling booking with qualified um but with that being said uh with the current state of wwe uh television and whatnot um some of these shows are just not a lot of fun to watch we're going to get into uh super showdown a little bit later on this uh podcast and my thoughts on that uh some of these shows have just been kind of not fun to watch we're still gonna uh cover uh everything and cover the major pay-per-views and uh aew as they're getting ready to start having more events um we're still gonna cover that but we are going to uh i'm gonna start doing a little bit of fantasy booking um do a little fantasy booking segment uh on weekly uh weekly on the show uh just to kind of add some spice and entertainment in there um i next week we're gonna start with just kind of fantasy booking um some debuts and new character ideas and uh storylines for first feuds uh, for some of these people who are just kind of floating around out there as free agents or floating around out there as um, disgruntled WWE employees and um, and who may want to uh, find a change of scenery perhaps in AEW or, um, or elsewhere. Um, and just kind of so that's what we're going to be fantasy booking just just those kind of scenarios but uh back to what's going on in wwe uh john moxley uh came out and really trashed creative um seems that a lot of unnamed superstars uh who are still with the company are really agreeing with him um another tidbit if you listen to the talk is jericho uh, podcast, uh, John Moxley talking about his exit from WWE. Um, there is a point where they, uh, where Jericho kind of shouts out Renee, uh, Renee Young, and they uh, basically let us know that she is there in the building while they're doing the recording. Um, and initially, uh, the talk was there was going to be no repercussions for Renee Young for being Dean Ambrose's wife uh, and him leaving the company and then showing up on uh, AEW's pay-per-view and obviously uh, leaving WWE behind and kind of shitting on the company on the way out. Um, There's now the rumor is that there may be some sort of punishment for Renee on screen, which is 
if true is total horseshit, they should not do such a thing. Um, that's ridiculous. Why punish her? She is still under contract and doing her job. He honored his contract, ended his contract. They gave him a big old send off and, uh, and let him go to AEW. He's no longer under contract with WWE. He's not saying anything. I agree that it was, uh, you know, with Jericho, it may have been a little bit of a dick move to kind of shout her out like that. You don't need to say that. He knows Vince. He knows how Vince works. Um, but maybe she just doesn't give a shit either, and she's going to be on her way out the door and headed to AEW, um, which I could see Renee really thriving in AEW. Uh, I think AEW, um, they definitely want to be inclusive, uh, and and that's like a, they want to be inclusive. That's a big thing, uh, a big thing for them. Um, and equality and, 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 and all of that. Um, so, and, and for them, it, it seems to be, uh, I mean, with any company, you, you know, it's, a, there's a certain level of PR that goes into that kind of stuff. But with, AEW, it seems, at least right now, uh, it definitely seems that there's a whole lot of, uh, that they're, they're being genuine about it. They really do want to be inclusive. They really do, uh, want diversity. They really do, uh, want to provide the best, uh, fan experience for all fans, uh, when they're when they're showing up at at AEW events so that's so that's cool um but also uh with with that I think it would go a long way um to be able to introduce on television uh you could have good old good old JR uh apparently they're looking at getting the king Jerry Lawler to come over when his contract ends and then if you could trot out Renee Young also or Renee Paquette um as her uh I guess her real well actually now what would it be Renee Good um Renee Moxley huh uh so um I think you could you could bring her uh on board have a strong female voice uh right there in the commentator's booth um, especially if WWE like scales her back or 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 does some sort of uh, obvious punishment that we can that we can see, um, that's I don't think that's gonna go well for them PR uh, PR wise uh, that that could end up being uh, a real nightmare for them, um, especially if it's like you know story starts going around and gets in the hand of people hands of people who don't understand I don't even want to say that understand uh who don't know the history of of wrestling and and how some of these things work um and 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 punishing a talent uh like say the curtain call incident where Triple H uh 
took the punishment because Kevin Hall, or Kevin Hall, uh, Kevin Nash and Scott Hall were on their way to WCW. Sean was the champ. So somebody had to had to take the brunt of it. And in Vince's mind, he's like, well, Dean is gone. Uh, I, you know, I'm not going to punish the writers. So Renee. Uh, but but hopefully that's all just rumors. And uh, that doesn't actually happen because in 2019, uh, that just sounds ridiculous. Um, but uh, in other news, but still related to John Moxley and uh, wrestlers being upset and unhappy with what's going on in WWE, uh, John Moxley was there in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Uh, showed up and in his first New Japan match wins the New Japan U.S. Championship. Um, so when he showed up at AEW, there were there was some speculation uh, that this may happen. Um, and now I feel like this just kind of ramps up the the uh, the speculation that New Japan is headed towards a working relation relationship somehow with uh AEW personally I feel that Ring of Honor should just do the same and New Japan can partner up with AEW like on a main roster type situation uh they can continue to send young lions to Ring of Honor uh to gain experience here in the states and they uh Ring of Honor can be like an NXT feeder type system for uh, AEW. And I feel like that might be uh, that that might be the move um, for 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 them uh, for for Ring of Honor to make to to stay relevant because I feel like AEW is they have too much money behind them. And they're going to be able to put on higher quality uh, entertainment that basically they're going to be able to do Ring of Honor better than Ring of Honor can. And, uh, you know, with guys like the, the guys in the SCU, Christopher Daniels, um, the Bucks, you have some of the Ring of Honor mainstays. Um, who helped build up Ring of Honor into into the name that it is today? Uh, you have some of those. You have some of those guys who are uh, just already there in AEW, and I imagine some of Ring of Honor's current stars are going to be showing up in AEW. Uh, Friends of the Elite. Uh, I'm looking at Flip Gordon and Marty Scurll uh, popping up in AEW sometime soon. Or sometime in the next year. Well, I don't know when Flip's contract runs out, but I believe Marty's runs out uh, sometime this fall. So I'm, uh, I'm guessing we're gonna see Marty sometime soon. We've already seen like a, we already had him like teased on there a couple of times. Uh, but <clears throat> um, John Moxley, the is the new uh, New Japan uh, United States Champion. And he also uh, put it out there that he wants to be in the G1. 
So I I know AEW, uh, he's signed with AEW, he's committed to be with AEW, and AEW lets their talent work other dates, so it's totally uh, plausible that he's working New Japan and working AEW like separately on his own, and that that could also be the case for Kenny Omega and Chris Jericho, but... Uh, with the Turner Broadcasting deal coming up, if I'm New Japan, I I want to... I mean, I guess for them, it could work. Um, for them, it could... Uh, for them, it, can, it could totally work. Uh, and they're like, hey, you know, just by having John Moxley, Chris Jericho, and Kenny Omega show up... Uh, at our shows, we're, we're already, we're already doing well, and with so many people, uh, in the WWE right now, uh, frustrated and upset about, uh, just how things are going, um, these debut matches and these people popping up in New Japan, uh, might not be as few and far between, uh, as, as we may be thinking, um, you know, could you imagine, uh, Bobby Lashley New Japan debut or even if we're not going to go with somebody as big a name as that um, Leo Rush we haven't seen him in a while uh, Leo Rush appearing at Best of the Super Juniors uh, would I think would create quite a splash um, and, and, and it would work and he's also a talent who is who has uh, been uh, kind of vocal about his displeasure about what's happening in WWE currently and also not on television um, the Good Brothers let's have them back in New Japan or better yet the why don't the Good Brothers uh, link back up with the old Bullet Club and lead an invasion in AEW to fight against the Elite I'd be so down to see that um and that could be a really good storyline to kind of kick off uh, the beginning of television, like an ongoing storyline, the Elite versus the Bullet Club. Uh, and then if you have New Japan uh, involved, then you can actually use Bullet Club. Uh, so, so that'd be really great. Um, let's see here. But... Uh, that's uh also uh, making his debut in new japan um or you know popping up kenta uh formerly hideo itami uh so he's gone from wwe showed up in uh new japan um and with uh we'll we'll take a little bit of time to, to talk to talk about kenta so let's uh so so for anybody who's listening out listening out there who may be a newbie let's uh let's let's kind of go back uh in time a little bit and talk about kenta and kind of show just uh like what the problem is with or part of the problem uh with wwe currently so kenta was one of the biggest names uh in wrestling at that time uh and especially outside of wwe um Japanese superstar seen as one of the best uh, in-ring 
wrestlers in the world uh, had the potential to be a big star. Uh, WWE was looking to expand uh, and get more international stars, especially with the launch of the network coming up because then they could sell some of these shows and you can sell people on watching their hometown stars uh, in, in WWE. You know, now it's easier to sell uh, the WWE network to people in Japan if you have Kenta, who's like a national hero, uh, type status and and Shinsuke Nakamura and and Akira Tozawa and other big name Japanese wrestlers. Uh, if you if you have exclusive content like yeah you can't see them in New Japan anymore you want to see them here get this WWE Network. Um, so then uh, we had uh, Kenta, so he was the first. Uh, Kenta was actually one of the first, like, big name signings for NXT. So NXT was uh, developmental. So there were there were other people in NXT already at the time who uh, had, like, indie chops and had names. But Kenta was, like, the first big time, like, like now when you see people and it's like, oh, you know, Shane Strickland just signed with WWE, this is going to NXT, this is going to be great. Uh, he was like the first big time signing that we're definitely making a big deal about. Um, and we're hyping it up and he's, he's coming to NXT. Right. So, uh, so Kenta signs, um, they they do a whole press conference in Japan. Freaking Hulk Hogan is there, uh, you know, talking about yeah, we're, we're signing Kenta, brother. Like you know what I mean. So it's a it's a really big thing. They're rolling out the red carpet for Kenta. Um, he shows up in NXT. They they do a whole uh, big thing on him in NXT. Uh, have him come down to the ring, uh, present him like a total badass. Uh, they do this thing where the graphics on the screen change from Kenta to Hideo Itami, what his new name is going to be in NXT. Uh, you know, they have a segment where he, uh, you know, kind of gets into it and stares down the Ascension who were being booked as total badasses, uh, assassins, basically, on NXT television at the time. Just... Uh, annihilating people in the tag division um so they they present him like that and uh, eventually his first feud they also bring in uh that's when they bring in prince devitt finn balor um so just a just a big uh big introduction first match was him and finn balor at takeover as a tag team uh, you know, so it was, so it was a big thing, um, going, going from there, uh, they, they kind of tried to give him some storylines, he ended up getting injured, uh, and, uh, came back from the injury, they kind of tried to push him a little bit, and, uh, things didn't work out, he ended up going to the main roster on 205 Live, and, well, we know what 205 Live has been. Uh, the company really doesn't put anything into it. 
which sucks because it's actually a pretty good show, uh, really talented roster, uh, but they they just don't do anything with these guys. Um, so he, uh, Kenta eventually wanted his release, got out of there, um, and now he's back in Japan doing his thing. Um, but I guess what the, what the problem or what the issue is, uh, with that is that, uh, WWE is signing a lot of these, a lot of these guys on the indies, um, and they've been doing it for the past few years now, and you gotta imagine now with AEW, it's gonna be, uh, even more of a thing, uh, but it seems like they're just signing people, um, because they're hot big names we got to sign this guy uh people like him and we got to sign him before he gets too big uh on his own and and then we can't get him uh and i feel like maybe and this is uh this is where we start going into conspiracy theory territory uh a little bit uh and just and wild speculations but i kind of feel like uh, Vince and and company are kicking themselves uh, because the Young Bucks they were never able, able to get the Young Bucks to sign. Uh, Kenny Omega was another one who has been on their radar, but they were never able to get him to sign. Um, the Cody Rhodes was there in their system. Uh, begging to do something else and he got away from them slipped out of their fingers and now these guys have built an entire company that's um, trying to shape up to be competition to them uh, WWE is and even before like because I, I I am pretty sure that they were aware uh that AEW was coming down the turnpike like if if we as fans were aware before the official announcement uh that that they were doing something um and you know some super sleuths pointed out like hey they you know all elite wrestling trademarked uh Tuesday night dynamite trademarked like we were aware of these things uh well before the announcements uh we were also aware of them getting a television deal before they announced that they were getting a television deal. So I'm uh I'm under the impression that WWE was privy to this knowledge uh well before we were privy to this knowledge. Uh and they just may not have let it on, but just seeing some of their practices over the past year, uh the uh with the aggression with which they were going after some of these free agents and trying to get people signed. Uh, like I don't think that they were doing that because they were worried about people going to Impact, because they were worried about people going to Ring of Honor, because they were worried about people going to New Japan. They were worried about the formation of AEW, um, or like whatever type of, you know, whatever shape it was gonna take. But I think that they've been anticipating uh, some of these ind- indies maybe grouping together. Um, and trying to make a super promotion or, you know, something like AEW springing up. So I think that's something that they've seen 
and they've been trying to uh, snap up a lot of this young talent before uh, before you could have a lot of established people uh, or a lot of people with like new talent with which to establish a promotion because like with uh, with everything going on in AEW there is a reason why it seems like they are really pushing Hangman uh, as the as the world champ of the bunch over somebody like Cody, uh, whereas Cody has more recognition, more of a name, uh, comes from a wrestling family, like we're familiar with Cody, uh, but Hangman, uh, really great talent, but is also a fresh face. So, like, when people are like, oh, you know, AEW, like, it'll be if, you know, AEW's taken off, Hangman is going to be, like, one of the AEW guys. Like, you know, like, okay, Hangman, yeah, no, he, for the mainstream people, it's like, oh, yeah, he wasn't anywhere else. AEW, he's, like, an AEW dude. You know what I mean? Whereas, like, uh, like, back in the day, Sting was a WCW dude. Whereas, like, when Hogan and and Macho Man and all these guys showed up like we know who they are and we know them from WWF but Sting he's a he's a WCW dude you know uh and Hangman uh can be that for AEW um and and I think that's important for them and I think that WWE wants to limit or if for the because there's there's only so many in whatever sport or whatever field, there's on, only so many, like, legit top guys. So anybody who has potential to be, like, a real needle mover for a company, I think WWE is trying to snap them up um, and and keep the needle movers, even if they are, you know, dying inside and feeling like Dean Ambrose, keep those guys on their roster even if they're not being used on tv just so that they're not in somebody else's roster and able to uh kind of over overthrow the wwe now i don't know why wwe doesn't focus on developing a more entertaining product uh (laughs) for their fans instead of instead of doing that but i think at this current point like because i mean even though I'm sitting here complaining about WWE, I'm not going to cancel my network subscription anytime soon. Uh, I, I, I'll, I'll admit I'm not watching uh, weekly television as faithfully as I was before uh, because it's just becoming a lot. It's really becoming a chore to sit through uh, three hours of Raw, two hours of SmackDown uh, every week. Um and that's not mentioning the other content I gotta watch, but, uh, it's, I think it's, uh, it, I I don't know why they aren't focusing on just, just making that better, but I, I can also see that, you know, they have a business model, it's working, um, the, the diehards aren't gonna turn, turn them off uh the casuals may you know fluctuate up and down but with 
the way that their business model is set up, like they're making money. They're making money off that TV deal, no matter what. So, uh, so it just is what it is, you know? Um, personally, I think that this is the right time for AEW to be here, the right time for AEW to strike. Uh, just going over the numbers and going over the impressions and social media and everything, uh, Double or Nothing made an impact. There were people who had kind of lapsed wrestling fans from back in the day were like, yo, what's this AEW stuff? So AEW right now has kind of like a cool unknown factor. Um, and WWE has been solidified as the kids show. So if they're going to like come out the gate and start doing all this crazy stuff like blood and, 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 different things to try to compete directly with AEW, uh, it's going to throw their audience because right now it, we're conditioned to it being basically a kid show. Um, so it's, uh, I think it's a, it's an interesting time for AEW. Um, AEW has the, the chance to legitimately offer something for everyone, um, with, with, guys like the Bucks and, and Hangman, you have uh, what the new younger fans are into. You saw the Dustin Rhodes, Cody Rhodes match at Double or Nothing. They are able to bring the old school feeling back as well. Uh, so it's just, uh, it's just really, uh, it's, it's a really fun time uh, right now uh, as, 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 as fans. Um, Okay, so before we start wrapping things up, and I don't want this to be just like a hour-long suck AEW's dick fest. Um, with Super Showdown, WWE Super Showdown, man, um, there were actually like some decent matches on this card, like uh, Kofi Kingston versus Dolph Ziggler. I mean, those two guys going against each other, it's going to be hard to have, like, an, a, like a bad match, really. Um, but that, with that being said, that doesn't mean I, I wanted to see this match. Uh, Kofi is my guy. Dolph, big fan. Dolph needs to leave the WWE. It's time for him to go. Dolph needs to go somewhere else. Dolph, if you are listening, someone find Dolph Ziggler, tag him to this, Dolph, leave, we love you, but it's time for you to go, um, I know you like doing your stand-up comedy, go to AEW, I'm sure they'll let you do stand-up, uh, you need to leave, uh, Dolph Ziggler is great, Dolph Ziggler is great on the mic, and he's so good that it may do him a disservice in WWE, they think that, because he's so good, they can just pull him out of thin air and insert him into a championship feud because he can talk up his side of the feud um, and he can deliver in the ring. And maybe that would work if they didn't make him such a loser all the time. Like, you need to start letting Dolph win not and not just, like, 
sneak attacks when he beats somebody up. Uh, Dolph is he's really good, and the promos are great. Like I'm always like, oh yeah, it's a really good story, but it's impossible for me to believe in Dolph because they've broken his character down so much and just made him such a loser and he can't do anything right and then he comes back cuts these great promos beats you up for three weeks and then loses the title match and then just disappears back down the card again um that's i i don't know why they do that um i guess Dolph is just happy with getting his money i don't know i don't know why he hasn't just been like yo fuck this um it's 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 disappointing and i really like Dolph as a performer as a wrestler um but you went into this match knowing that kofi's gonna retain and that this match means nothing and that Dolph is gonna be out of here sooner rather than later and it doesn't matter how good the storyline is if there's if you just can't believe it you know um let's see uh there the seth rollins uh baron corbin i really like baron corbin um but i feel like they kind of missed the boat on putting him in the title picture i would have done it when he was still uh acting as an authority figure um major heat uh giving himself title shots and stuff like that like i just think that would have been um i feel like that would have worked and made uh more sense especially when he still had the backing of the higher ups they would be like yeah you know why wouldn't they want their lackey as champ um that way you know if the if the perception is whoever is the champ um and wwe holds the power uh if you're trying to run the scenes you would want to or you trying to run things behind the scenes you would want uh the the most powerful person on the roster uh to to be under your control it seems so uh i don't know it seemed like for me i would really be able to buy into that uh where rather than uh and why is he still the looking like the fucking manager of Chili's to go? Why is why is Applebee's Baron Corbin still a thing? Like he, like you're not, you're you're no longer working with the higher ups. Like put on some wrestling gear, my guy. Um, how do you wrestle in a vest without just busting through that bitch? Um, it's crazy, but uh. But yeah, no. Um I so I I just wasn't into that. Um then uh Brock Lesnar, the whole bait and switch with Brock Lesnar. Oh, he's going to cash in on Monday. And then he's like, "No, I'm doing it on Friday." And then comes out on Friday to cash in and gets uh gets handled, gets dealt with and then doesn't actually cash in like and so now he's still like I'm just like, "Dude, stop." teasing me with the Brock Lesnar cash-ins like he hasn't been around like when he was the champ like he was never on TV 
Like, why are you every, all of a sudden, every three days, like, here's Brock Lesnar walking around. Like, I don't understand. He wasn't around when he was the champ. Like, I can see him winning the money in the bank. What I would have done, win the money in the bank briefcase, show up on Raw, and just kind of like, oh, you guys don't know when or where I'm going to cash in. Just kind of do that and then disappear. And then you're just like, yo, where's Brock? And then maybe a few times, like, when a champ gets beat up or something like that, have, like, Brock's music hit and tease a cash in. Everybody goes nuts. And then, like, Paul Heyman comes out holding the briefcase and just, like, you know, pointing at his watch or something like that and laughing at everybody. And then, finally, uh, like, in the, you know, and we just never see Brock during this time. And then, finally... Brock in the lead up to WrestleMania, uh, maybe the Monday night after uh, the Royal Rumble, maybe the Monday night after the Royal Rumble, uh, Seth Rollins is in the ring talking about who is, you know, so-and-so won the Royal Rumble, so we're going to figure out who they're going to choose as the champ to that they cash in on and then boom Brock Lesnar's music hits and it's actually Brock he comes down destroys Seth in the ring F5 takes the mat or takes the mic and says see you at Wrestlemania I'm cashing in like that would be lit like you know what I mean like that I feel like that would have been great and and then and we haven't actually seen Lesnar since the Monday night after money in the bank you know that works and because he's still a threat looming over the situation but then it allows us to forget about him a little bit because there's a lot of because there's Brock Lesnar fatigue like you know he was the champ forever like we we there's like people are like traumatized about Brock like they don't want to they don't want to imagine him around the title scene so him showing up all the time uh and as awesome as him dancing with the boombox briefcase briefcases uh you know man it's almost like activating PTSD for some of these uh for some of these fans they don't want to <laughs> they don't want to see uh they don't want to see Lesnar uh right now and they don't want to think about him possibly cashing in so this whole uh this whole thing that they're doing is just kind of like eh and i th- I personally feel like it would be a whole lot better um, if they if they did it a different way. Uh, Super Showdown, it's it's frustrating because they build this uh, pay per view as being on par or better than WrestleMania, and just because you have a Royal Rumble or a Battle Royal with fifty people instead of thirty doesn't make it better. It's just like a whole bunch of people in there, you know, and uh, like Finn versus Almas uh, with Finn as the demon is great. But like, you know, what have been what would have been even better Uh, Finn versus Almas with Finn as the demon after uh, an actual feud. And this is the blow off match. Um, they they had a Mansoor the um, the Saudi uh, tryout from the who showed up at the who actually cut like a pretty decent promo 
at the first Saudi show um, that they ever had. Uh, so he won the battle royal. That was that was cool. I'm not even gonna go through all the matches because it was just you know. And then they got WWE stomping grounds coming up, um, which is gonna be more like rematches. Roman Reigns uh, versus. Shane McMahon, I don't know why this happened in 2019. I'm just not interested in seeing Roman fight against, like, the the Mean Street Posse 2019 edition uh, with, with what's going on there. Uh, Shane with, with Drew McIntyre and Elias as his, uh, as his Pete Gass and Rodney. Um, I'm just, I'm just not into that. I don't want to see it on my TV. It makes me want to turn my TV off. Uh, I don't like, I thought it was horse shit. Um, I mean, honestly, like for a heel, the way that Shane won and the way that Shane's been winning is okay. Like for a heel wrestler, but I would like it to be like a real heel wrestler, not like the owner's son who's almost 50 and like would get his ass kicked by Roman Reigns in real life like I just don't want to I'm not into it um even with the underhanded stuff like just no not not a fan uh and then we'll we'll talk about this main event and then we'll start wrapping things up uh that main event Taker versus, oh, well, before we get there, uh, Triple H versus Randy Orton. Slow, slow, slow. You thought their uh, main event at WrestleMania was slow and boring. This shit. Oh, my God. And I like both of them, but, like, yo, no. Like, they, I feel like at this point, Triple H matches, even though he's still, like, in really good shape, um, if he's wrestling against somebody who wrestles more of the old style, um, I think that it should be a match with weapons and, and, and stuff like that involved, like, cause the match between him and Batista was still fun, uh, because there were crazy spots, like, pulling out Batista's nose ring with pliers and shit like that, like, that really added to the match, whereas, like, Randy Orton and Triple H had its moments, but for the most part, like, bro, no. You know what I mean? It was just really slow, really boring. Um, yeah. But the main event, Undertaker versus Goldberg, like I predicted, the best part about this was the entrances. Entrances had me hyped. Uh, the match was the shits, the drizzling shits. Um, Goldberg, uh, looks like he legitimately knocked himself out, uh, running into the post, which is something that he had done before. If you read Goldberg's autobiography, which I did, uh, at least three times between, uh, sixth grade and eighth grade, um, (laughs) he, uh, Goldberg, uh, legitimately knocked himself out doing that spot before missing a spear in the corner and, uh, just had a little bit too much, uh, a little bit too much giddy up in his, in his run. 
and smacked him, uh, smacked his head on the on the pole, and knocked himself clean out. Uh, so that's it. Looked like that's what happened. Uh, Undertaker dodged uh, something in the corner. Uh, Goldberg smacked his head into the post, uh, cut himself open, started bleeding all over the place, uh, and then couldn't uh, stand up. Fell back over. And uh, seemed like he was probably concussed and fucked up for the rest of the match. Um, even if he wasn't concussed and fucked up for the rest of the match, like it, I still feel like this match would have sucked. Uh, but then he went and did that and just made it super terrible. Um, Undertaker looked extremely pissed off um, at the finish. Uh, Goldberg was supposed to hit Undertaker with the jackhammer and basically, uh, instead of doing that, just kind of almost broke his neck. Uh, just really tough to watch. Just terrible shit. Um, both of these guys are too old to be doing this anymore like that. Uh, Undertaker just needs to have, like, his final match and become, like, a legacy act or something like that. Like, at this point, like, uh if he's popping up like he should just be like somebody's manager and like you wouldn't do that to the undertaker so just give him his send off and then let him go off into the sunset um all all around ww uh wwe super showdown was fucking terrible terrible show don't watch it unless you're just trying to watch um the undertaker goldberg match just for how because that's one of those matches where it's going to be like, yo, this shit was terrible. And we're going to talk about it for years about how bad it was. And then you're going to be like, damn, I wish I had seen that terrible match. And they took it off YouTube. I can't find it anymore. So uh, that's, <coughs> excuse me. That's my takeaway for Super Showdown. Uh, if WWE keeps that going on and these AEW shows, uh, the AEW pay-per-views keep getting better and better by the time AEW is launching weekly television. Um, I think they're going to have people talking and ready to tune in and see what's different from WWE. Uh, yeah, so I guess that's that's uh, the end uh, of this week's episode. Oh, quick, uh, quick little uh, side note. Uh, Shane Strickland. Uh, they finally officially announced him uh, signing with NXT. They've been, I know we've talked about it here since like uh, December last year, early beginning of this year, um, maybe even further back than December about uh, Shane Strickland on his way over to WWE um, pretty much after he dropped the Evolve title. That's been what the rumor was. Um, but he's officially with WWE uh, in NXT. Looks like he got a name change. Uh, they're giving him a name change, and that's what uh, I'm guessing is going to be happening now. Uh, a lot of uh, WWE is going to be going back to their practice of changing names when they sign people uh, with AEW being out here. Uh, you wouldn't want somebody to be able to just, like, pop over there and use their same name, like, you know. If AJ Styles goes to AEW now, he's still AJ Styles because they let him do his thing. But, uh, yeah, so I'm thinking they're going to – that's what they're going to be doing. They're going to be uh, 
giving names to people so that way if you if you make a name for yourself on WWE programming, you can't take that name with you. Looking at Ty Dillinger here, aka Sean Spears. Uh, but yeah, so that's that's it. Um, thanks for listening. We're gonna be back next week. Probably gonna have a guest with me. Uh, we're gonna do a little bit of fantasy booking and just talk about what's going on in wrestling. Uh, and I'm looking at doing an old school segment. So if you aren't following at Champ Podcast on Twitter or Instagram, you should do so. I'm going to ask you guys for help on uh, what old school shit we should look at this week and talk about next week with our guest. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. See you guys next week.